0: December 2nd, 1 John 2, verse 18, through chapter 3, verse 6. Dear children, the last hour is here. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and already many such Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that the end of the world has come. These people left our churches because they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left us, it proved that they do not belong with us. But you are not like that, for the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and all of you know the truth. So I am writing to you not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and falsehood. And who is the great liar? The one who says that Jesus is not the Christ. Such people are antichrists, for they have denied the Father and the Son. Anyone who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either. But anyone who confesses the Son has the Father also. So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will continue to live in fellowship with the Son. And with the Father. And in this fellowship we enjoy the eternal life He promised us. I have written these things to you because you need to be aware of those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and He lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you all things, and what He teaches is true. It is not a lie. So continue in what He has taught you, and continue to live in Christ. And now, dear children, continue to live in fellowship with Christ, so that when He returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from Him in shame. Since we know that God is always right, we also know that all who do what is right are His children. See how very much our Heavenly Father loves us for He allows us to be called His children, and we really are. But the people who belong to this world don't know God, so they don't understand that we are His children. Yes, dear friends, we are already God's children, and we can't even imagine what we will be like when Christ returns. But we do know that when He comes, we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He really is. And all who believe this will keep themselves pure, just as Christ is pure. Those who sin are opposed to the law of God, for all sin opposes the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, for there is no sin in Him. So if we continue to live in Him, we won't sin either. But those who keep on sinning have never known Him or understood who he is.
1: Hey, this is Travis Davenport, pastor at Covenant Church, and I am honored to be able to spend a couple minutes this morning talking with you on a topic of idolatry. I want to thank Zach for inviting me to be a part of his podcast today, and uh, man, it's an honor to be able to talk with you. Hey, I want to read a little bit out of the uh, out of the Bible today, Luke chapter fourteen. We're going to read from verses 25 on. It says, Now great crowds accompanied Jesus. And he turned and he said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Verse 27 goes on and says, Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he's laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. All right, so this is a tough teaching from Jesus. And and even the subheading here in Scripture says the cost of discipleship. Jesus is laying out what it will cost us to be his disciple, to follow after him. And yes, this is a passage about discipleship, but primarily this is also a passage that's dealing with idolatry now I know that we might think about idolatry uh, different than this passage you know we we think about maybe the idol of success or the idol of of money or the the idol of fill in the blank whatever it might be and those are the things that we might wrestle with on a day-to-day basis but here Jesus is tackling the deeper issue of idolatry idolatry at its core is this anything that is placed over Christ. Anything that's placed over Christ. And we say, why is that idolatry? Because whatever you have at the center of your core, whatever you, maybe we would say it like this, whatever you seat on the heart is what you're gonna worship. And so what Jesus is illustrating here is, listen, man, there's no room at the top apart from me. I deserve, I demand, I expect To be on the throne of your heart And so Jesus isn't telling people Listen, you need to hate your mom You need to hate your dad You need to hate your brother He's not saying that What he's saying is In relation to the love that you have for me The love that you have for everyone else And everything else Should be like hatred Did you catch what he's saying there? He's not telling us to hate other people What he's saying is Your love for me should be so primary Your love for me should be so great, so strong, that the love you have for anyone else actually would look like hatred. Now, one of the things when I talk about idolatry is, uh, one of the things I like to do is I I like to ask people to make a priority list. You know, if I were to ask you right now, hey, make a priority list, one, two, three, four. What are your top priorities? As a Christian person, as a person who who is seeking after Christ, what do you think your top priorities would be? Without hesitation, most people who are trying to follow after Christ will say, well, number one priority must be God. Number two is, you know, a wife or my job. Number three is going to be kids. Number four is going to be, you know, Ohio State, Buckeyes, whatever whatever it is. But one, two, three, four, most Christians would say that, that Jesus is going to be number one on that priority list. Now, I understand that in concept, but the reality is, what do we do? with a priority list. Normally, we, we, throughout our day, we prioritize important things, and when we complete the task, we put a check mark next to that priority and say, done, boom. Okay, so I spent my time with Jesus. Check it off the box. Okay, now I need to focus on being a good husband. All right, I, I bought my wife roses. Check it off the list, all right. Now I need to make sure I spend time with my kids. Okay, check it off the list. I have fulfilled my duties, my priorities. Listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. Jesus does not want to be number one on your priority list. Rather, Jesus wants to be the center of your priorities He wants to be the thing that all of your priorities flow through In other words, uh, I can't just say like Hey, I'm trying to be a good husband today, check that off the list No, Jesus defines the type of husband that I am Jesus defines the type of dad that I am Jesus defines the type of worker that I am Jesus defines every aspect of my life Not just in my relationships, but even in my thought life. Jesus defines my thought life. Jesus gets to define my integrity. Jesus gets to define how I serve. Jesus defines even how I view suffering. So Jesus doesn't want to be on your priority list. Jesus wants to be the center of everything, the core of everything, on the seat of your heart, above everything, nothing even close. and Anything less than that is idolatry.